0: Welcome to the Women with Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this
1: podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this.
0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. It is Michelle, you're one of your hosts today. And the reality is, is Sarah and I are taking the summer off because Sarah, well, we both are moving this summer. Sarah has moved from Louisiana to Arizona, and I am just moving up the street, but we don't want to leave you without some inspiration on your quest. And so we are going to be re-releasing, having some really great reruns of some of our favorite um interviews and quest episodes so that um you can stay on top of your game throughout the summer. So today we are having Corinne from Arrow. This is one of our first ever interviews. Um, I remember interviewing Corinne and just thinking, oh my goodness, I've I've hit onto something. Like this is beyond amazing. Um, Corinne is, continues to do really amazing things, but I love listening to this episode and seeing, um, where she is and why she is where she is. And then going and looking where she is now. Did I say that too many times? (laughs) Um, she is amazing and you're going to love her testimony and her experience. So thanks so much for listening. You're going to love it. We are so excited to have Corinne Stokoe um, from Mint Arrow with us. She is fantastic and I'm excited to have you meet her. She is a Southern California resident, she is a fashion, beauty, and mom blogger. She is a dillaholic, self-proclaimed (laughs) dillaholic. Her blog highlights the affordable side of fashion while prioritizing style and quality. She is a powerhouse influencer in the fashion, beauty, and baby space. Corinne's readers are addicted to her deals and recommendations, often selling out items immediately after they're featured on her blog and social media. She is a great speaker, and she is teaching everyone about blogging. She will be at Alt Summit, so if you're going, go say hi to her. She's fantastic, and if I can snag a ticket, I'll be there so I'm really excited for you to meet Corinne welcome welcome
1: thank you so much <laughs> I'm so excited to be here so Corinne, let's just
0: jump into it like I really would love to know how did mint arrow get started like what's the story behind it and how is it grown into what it is today
1: when I had my first baby Annabelle in uh, October of 2012 It was, well, the very end of October, 2012, we were getting into like the snowy, dead winter season of Utah that just is endless and everlasting. It seems like (laughs) we lived in Utah at the time and I found myself really struggling with postpartum depression and my mom and some of my other friends who had been through that before were like, you've got to get out of the house. Like you cannot just sit in your pajamas and breastfeed and be sad by yourself in this dark house. So every day I was like, okay, we got to get out of the house. So I would bundle up the baby and I'd get myself ready. And there's not a lot of places you can go with an infant when it's snowing in 10 degrees outside. So we would go to Target or go to the mall and just walk around. And I couldn't spend all of our money, but I was good at finding deals. So I would find deals and I would post them on my personal Instagram. Instagram was kind of a newish thing at the time. And I would use this hashtag, someone go buy this. My friends were loving it and it was just like a fun kind of hobby thing at first. And then they were like, you should turn this into some type of business or start a blog. And I was like, okay, I could do that. So that's kind of where it started. I launched my blog in April of 2013. And I've been blogging every day, Monday through Friday, ever since.
0: Oh, my goodness. Every day you're blogging. That is. yeah.
1: (laughs) Occasionally I'll miss a, a weekday here or there. But I would say you could count them with, you know, two hands the days that I've missed.
0: So how do you do that? That's a big feat to blog every day. So kind of give us some insight of like, how do you make that happen with little kids and you have a growing family? And-
1: well, at first it was definitely like every spare second I could squeeze in, you know, I'd get up early before the baby was up. And then I would do it during nap time. And when your baby's younger, they nap like all day long. So it's easier. And then got a little more tricky when my baby was Kind of those naps started whittling down to like one nap a day. I still have some Instagrams that show like hashtag nap time rush where I would be like trying to bust things out. But it was always like early in the morning during nap time. And then as soon as she went to bed, those were the times that I was like on my blog and trying to get content together. And then we had a little bit of a turning point when we moved to California for my husband's job. And then he ended up losing that job six months after we moved here. And so he looked for a job for, you know, all of fourth quarter and nothing was panning out. This was a couple of years ago. So he helped me with the kids and I worked till he found what he wanted to do. That's kind of where my blog really took off too. is when it kind of made a shift of more like full time work instead of just kind of like a part time, like whenever I could squeeze it in. And now we've got, you know, a different balance where he helps with the kids sometimes, I take the kids sometimes, we have a nanny sometimes, she comes and helps in our home. And so we all just kind of take turns. And I just feel really lucky that I get to be a full-time mom and I work full time too. So it's a little crazy, but it works for us.
0: Well, yeah. And I think that that's like the beauty of our time, right? We can be at home. And I think that's fantastic. You started this because you were just getting out of the house, like avoiding postpartum problems. Have you felt like that has continued to help you past having babies and things like that?
1: I was always kind of like an overachiever in junior high and in high school. I never went to a full day of school. I was studying piano really seriously. I went to BYU and did piano performance for three months. Then I ended up switching my major and by the time I was a senior I was working full time and going to school full time. I just always thrived off of being really busy and having a full schedule. And then I worked for several years and was always in a really like high intensity type of job situation. When I found myself as a mom, I struggled and I think it was because with my type of personality it was hard for me to feel like changing diapers and breastfeeding was the end all be all. It was kind of a transition where I kind of had to say, like, okay, what else can I do to find fulfillment that will help me to be a better mom because I'm happy and fulfilled and I can give more of myself to my kids?
0: Yeah, that's actually really perfect. I mean, I started in business like 10 years ago. We moved to Arizona. I was by myself, I mean, with my husband, but I was pregnant. We both graduated. I worked and then. We went off to school in Arizona, and he was finishing his postgraduate work, but I was pregnant, going to have a baby, and I was all alone. I didn't, you know, didn't know anyone. I started an Etsy shop, and that totally saved me. You know, I would have been really sad, because I just was like, I what am I doing? I mean, I love being a mom, and it's the best. But I also, I think we have an innate desire to create, right? Yeah. And to just be a difference in the world. So
1: I totally get it. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah, well, and there's that talk by President Uchtdorf, He talks about the desire to create. And I think I never would have envisioned that my way of creating would be blogging or finding deals. <laughs> it's like a weird thing, but it just kind of evolved and took on a life of its own. And I really feel like your podcast is so unique because I can like openly talk about like Heavenly Father and Mormon ishens and things <laughs> that we really only say in the Mormon not that we only say those things in the Mormon church, but you know, I really felt like how my Father was guiding me, and and I feel like I had this problem where I was like, I'm I'm literally depressed. I'm in my home, it's dark. You know, that's it was the time of year where it was getting dark at like 4 p.m. Yeah, and it pulled outside, and I just felt isolated and alone. And I went from being super busy and always having all these tasks and things to get done and feeling like I had important things going on to feeling like I am failing at just keeping a human alive. That's like the only. <laughs> have to do and and I'm like feel so sad and I I loved being a mom I loved 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 being a mom but I was sinking into this sad dark place so I think that finding that like a way to kind of crawl out of that and do something that was like exciting and fulfilling while I was being a mom I feel like I was led to that it didn't just happen by accident
0: oh I'm I know it didn't happen by accident I think that Heavenly Father can bring his love to people in any avenue, whether it's a fashion blog or it's a podcast or whatever. Like there are just so many ways that he can show his love, you know, and it it's yeah. not just listening to conference talks or reading the scriptures. But that is actually one of my favorite, favorite things about you is the way you bear testimony is the best. It's just unapologetic, mm-hmm. but so natural. Like it's just my favorite. So everyone go look at her Instagram feed, but... I mean talking about visiting teaching you are like explaining what we do and I'm like oh my goodness that is exactly what visiting teaching is but I mean sometimes we have a weird time visiting teaching you know but yeah but I just love that you do that that you take that on and and you own it and just say you know this is what we do and it's so great like we are really taking care of each other and this is how we do it. And you do that openly with your audience? So can you kind of tell me about how you incorporate that in your business, how you're brave enough to do it and any reactions that you've had because of it?
1: When I first started my blog, you know, I think as a lot of business owners do, I was really worried about being taken seriously and I wanted to be professional. And so I would say for the first like year and a half to two years of my blog, I would kind of dance around the fact that I was a Mormon. I would like drop little hints here or there, like on conference weekend. I I still specifically remember stealing an Instagram from my friend, Melanie Burke, who had like beautifully hand lettered a quotation that was kind of very generic and, and, I was like, oh, this isn't too, like, this doesn't sound too, like, religious, and so I posted it and just hashtag LDSConf, and I was like, that's great, that's good enough, and, (laughs) um, you know, I was just so worried about offending someone, and I... I used the visual of like, okay, if I owned a bakery, I wouldn't put in front of my bakery like a sign that says, hi, I'm a Mormon. Are you a Mormon too? Like I wouldn't do that (laughs) if I owned a bakery, right? That would just be weird. So, and I, because I wanted it to be a business and I wanted it to be taken seriously. I was always so worried about crossing the line there. But I had an experience last fall where I was sitting in this conference and Greg Drew from the head of the media department, I think, at the LDS Church, he shared a statistic of how much a ripple effect of how much your influence, how far your influence can go if you're willing to share like a single picture or a single image. And it just really hit me that all of this time that I've said to myself, I always just wanted to be a mom. Like, I never set out to be this like entrepreneur or like this girl boss or whatever. It just kind of happened. And I've always kind of felt like, why did this happen to me? Like, why did my family go through these things? And I really have always felt led. I've always felt like everything that happened happened for a reason and we were on a path and it was definitely like where Heavenly Father wanted us to go. But it was always kind of like, why? And then when I heard him share that statistic, I was like, this is why. This is why I have this influence. This is why I have this blog. It's so that I can share the gospel. And I was reminded also of just some promises that I feel like I've made with God about being willing to do anything to share the gospel and share that message that has brought me so much joy and happiness in my life. And I was like, if I'm going to stay, if I'm going to live up to those promises, that includes my blog. That includes this opportunity that I have to affect other people so instead of just being like okay now I'm gonna like sprinkle some things in I'm just kind of like an all-or-nothing kind of girl so I was like (laughs) let's just get serious about this so I posted a picture of me holding up the Book of Mormon on my Instagram and I said I've had and and this was true that I had had people ask me about my religion and so I said had a lot of people ask questions about my religion I'm a Mormon. I believe in the Book of Mormon. This is my very favorite book. It will change your life. If you are interested in hearing about it tonight, I'm going to get on Periscope because a year ago, Periscope was the big thing. And I said, I'm going to get on Periscope and have two missionaries from my church with me. And we are going to just answer any questions you have and talk about some basics of our gospel. And so we did that. And I lost 3,000 followers in about 24 hours on Instagram. And that could have been a scary moment, but I really felt like, you know what? It's, I felt super peaceful about it. I was like, it is going to be okay, and like Heavenly Father is going to make up for it. So we had the Periscope, and the so missionaries taught a first discussion about just, like, why we're here on the earth and what we believe, and Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon. And we had all kinds of people asking questions. I think there were about 600 live viewers. It was really amazing. And then after that, I've tried to continue to share those things when they feel right and when they feel appropriate and share them with boldness. But I always try to also be sensitive to the fact that there are a lot of my readers who are not members of our church and try to do it in a way that feels like this is information for the taking. Take it if you like it and leave it if you don't. But I want it to be crystal clear who I am. And since I've done that, I had that huge wave of the mass exodus of people leaving. But since I've done that, I feel like it's strengthened my community. It's strengthened that like circle of people that are following me because they know who I am. It's not like, oh, oh is she? Isn't she? What's going on here? It's just like, this is me. This is who I am.
0: That is amazing. And I, I had no idea about that when I asked you the question. <laughs> but I love that you just like had a periscope and... People came, and it's just a really amazing way that you can share the gospel. And it's also, when you read your blog or your Instagram post, it is not preachy. It is not, hey, join my church at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's just, like, this is what's so special about the gospel to me. And, I mean, I love it, and this is something that you might love, but it's very natural, and it's very, like, just from the heart. And I think that's why it speaks to people and yeah like 3000 left and that is a scary moment was that a scary moment
1: yeah. <laughs> it was a little it was a little depressing at first when i would refresh and every time like a few hundred would drop oh. off and a few more and you know and i noticed that even like people that i thought i had a great relationship with like through blogging kind of dropped off too i was like oh that's sad but At the same time, I don't want someone following me or reading my blog or part of that circle because they are following a filtered version of me. I want them to follow exactly who I am. If I believe what I believe, which is that someday we'll all get to the other side and that there is a life after this and that we'll all be in heaven, I would hate for someone to walk up to me and be like, hey... I loved your blog. I read it when you said something was the best curling iron. I bought it when you told me about the best pair of jeans. I bought those when you told me that the best stroller ever was on sale. I got a great deal on it, and I love you for those things. But like, you knew. You knew about the truth. You knew about the gospel. Why didn't you tell me? I just. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So that's one of the reasons why I just was like, I've got to like really take this seriously. So, but it is hard to to share that. And feel like you're getting vulnerable and sharing something that people could cut down or, you know, there's a lot of like haters out there. And (laughs) I've been lucky. I feel like because I've been just pretty bold and consistent with it, that people just know that about me now, that it's, if you love me for me, you're here. And if you're not like, that's okay. You can leave
0: I just really like love that about you, and it's really what drew me in. Is because you're bold about it, but it's also not. I mean, it's not in your face, I guess. You know, it's just yeah. like I am making muffins, the best muffins ever, and I'm going to take them to my business to some really great friends. That it's called visiting teaching. I love that. So good job! You're doing great things. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like a lot of that has come from the power of everyday missionaries, which is one of my favorite books. That's a great book. And, yeah. Yeah. It was referenced in General Conference by Elder Oaks, but it explained a lot to me about missionary work and sharing the gospel and how I think as Mormons, we get confused because we have hours and hours and years of experience going to church and learning about doctrine. So we think everybody else is attracted to the doctrine of our church when really people are attracted to things like community and feeling like they belong to something and feeling closer to God. And I think when you break down some of those like human elements that are relatable to people and not this like weird doctrine that is so, not that it's weird, but the doctrine that can be very deep and overwhelming when you break it down to things that are like a human element that are relatable for pretty much anyone. It feels like, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I could see myself liking that. And, and that's kind of a lot of times with my shares, what I try to focus on is something that will be common ground with people.
0: Well, you do like a really fantastic job. I like, I love it. So good job. (laughs) So you are not the only more of mompreneur in your family, right? Your mom is a food blogger, and yep. right, and your sister is a foodie blogger. Yeah, <laughs>
1: there's a yep. difference. my
0: mom.
1: Yeah, my mom's blog is a Bountiful Kitchen, and my sister's blog is Female Foodie. So, yeah, it's fun that we all kind of blog and we can share ideas. We don't blog together. A lot of people get. You know, they're like, oh, do you guys blog together? Is that something you collaborate on? And we all have our separate things, but it's cool because we'll get on either like a group text or on the phone and we'll just like swap ideas and talk about what's working for us. And it's awesome.
0: That is really great. I love that. So being a mom, I mean, this is something we'll always have in common is that we have a business and we have kids, and we have a calling, and we have guilt, right? Yeah. Like, have you experienced (laughs) that? Like, how do you overcome that? Because I think that, like, our listeners and anyone out there really understands that, no matter what you're doing, like, whether you're a business person or not. Like, mom guilt is real. So how do you kind of get through that? What's some advice for our listeners?
1: I deal with this all the time, and I know that other moms deal with it all the time, too. And my guilt is about, like, oh, my gosh, I have a deadline, but I want to take my daughter to the park. But our nanny's going to walk her down the street and take her to the park instead, because right now I have to take care of this deadline. And there have been times where I just feel super bad about that. But one time I had a friend who just, I was kind of venting to her about it and just telling her, like, I really feel badly that I can't always be there for my kids when they need me and someone else is stepping in. And she just said, you know what, Corinne, even if you were just, making peanut butter and jellies and doing carpool and folding laundry, you would still have guilt because it just comes with the territory. Like that's just part of the gig is the guilt. And <laughs> that really made me feel a little bit better about like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of built in. And the thing too is that I feel like Satan is just like after all of us and he wants to take us down and he'll take us however he can get us. So if that means that we are doing, you know, a great job at our calling and where our kids feel loved and they're being taken care of. And we are providing for our families and sharing the gospel and trying to do everything right. He's going to find a way, like if he can't get you to, you know, go out and get drunk, he's going to get you (laughs) by making you feel guilty, like whatever, whatever he can do. And I think that that's such an easy target for moms. I feel like the only way that I can combat that is to just really, really try hard to be in my scriptures every day, to be praying. If I'm doing everything that I can to qualify to have the spirit in my life, that's the only thing that I feel like can offset that is to say like, I have the spirit. I know what I'm doing is right. And that's the type of confidence that really lasts that it doesn't matter what other people think of you or how other people are judging you. When you have that confidence from the spirit, then you can do anything. Then you can know that it's going to tell you if you need to make adjustments in your life or in your kids' lives or in the way that you have things set up. So, so that's how I deal with that.
0: (laughs) That is the best answer ever because this is something I've been thinking about a lot is like what you said, like Satan really isn't going to be like, go steal something or I don't, you know, like that's ridiculous for me. That's not a temptation, (laughs) but to compare myself with others Or to think I'm not doing enough or that I'm not doing enough for my kids or my friends or my calling or whatever. Like, he's going to get me every single time unless I'm fortified. Unless I've fortified myself so I have the Spirit.
1: And the cool thing about also trying to live your life with the Spirit is that Heavenly Father uses guilt, too, in, like, a healthy way. That's how we know right from wrong. That's why, like, coming here, having choices, having agency, having accountability is so important so that we can feel badly when we make a choice that maybe wasn't the best choice. And then we can learn from it and try to do better the next time. And that's why I say like being in my scriptures all the time I have to read my scriptures every day. I have to get up every morning before everyone else gets up while the house is dark and quiet. And I read my Book of Mormon literally before I do anything else because I need that in my life to help guide me to do the things that are going to keep me on track. Because if I don't have that, my life is a mess. And even if it looks like a mess to everyone else, if I'm doing those things and I've got that guidance in my life, then I have that confidence that I know everything's going to be fine.
0: I mean, there was a conference talk about how guilt, it's a tool, but it's the battery in a car, but not the engine that gets you places. Like it's something yeah. that is going to say, it helps you check in and say, you know, what, am I doing okay? And if you're not, then you make a change. And if you are, then you move on or whatever. So I really love that. And I am with you. If I'm going to be the best, make the best choices, I, I have better have read my scriptures in the morning because then I have the confidence that I am going to have the spirit with me to help me make good choices. Do you have any specific stories where you've seen the hand of the Lord in your business?
1: Well, first of all, I feel like he's been in everything in my business. That's another reason why I feel like I, I need to be reading the Book of Mormon every day is that I've got to remember that all of the quote unquote success comes from God. And it's not me. It's not about like, oh, look at me. I'm doing something so great. Or look at me. I achieved this or I accomplished this. The minute I go down that road, everything starts going bad. Anything that's gone right, I feel like has been because of Heavenly Father and because I've prioritized reading the Book of Mormon. That was a huge turning point for me. I was not a scripture reader. I did not love reading my scriptures at all until I was 28 years old. And I went on this conference and all these kids were testifying of the Book of Mormon. And I was just like, shoot, I don't have that testimony myself. Like I like the Book of Mormon, but I don't have a burning testimony. And I went home and read it and and it changed my life, and I've never missed a day since, but I digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm such a talker. That is, but, I like it. You've it coming. <laughs> the, the hand of the Lord in my business, like I said before, I feel like for a long time I was like, this is awesome. It's so great. It's so fun. I'm doing something I love. I'm getting paid for it. I can stay at home with my kids. I can help contribute to our finances and then when my husband lost his job I could provide for us while he figured things out and it's been such a blessing but for a long time I was like why like why me why this I never wanted to be this and then when that shift happened with sharing the gospel truly that when you asked this on your podcast questions I kind of wanted didn't want to say it because I didn't want to sound too cheesy but Honestly, like my biggest moment of like, yeah, I'm doing something right is when I've had people say to me, because you shared the gospel, now I'm sharing the gospel. Because you were brave and you made it not seem weird and dorky or whatever. Like now I feel like I can do that." that. Those have been some of the most rewarding moments for me. And so far I haven't, that I know of, I haven't had anyone come to me and say like, oh, this person got baptized because you shared or because you did that periscope or because you talk about the church on your Instagram. But my hope is that somewhere in some little town in the middle of who knows where, when some missionaries knock on somebody's door, instead of the, whoever that mom is answering the door, I hope that instead of going, oh, I don't have time for you. I, I don't, even, I've never even heard of you or no, I've heard or read weird things about Mormons. I hope that if she's my reader, she's going to be like, Oh, I know this girl and she actually seems pretty normal and she's really happy. And she seems like when she talks about her church, that she's joyful and that it's making her life happier and easier and better. And I hope that because of that, she'll let those missionaries in like, that's the thing that I hope I'm achieving with all of this. And yeah, the deals are so fun and it's so fun to be able to do amazing. Like I've done some really cool things. I've gone to fashion week five times I've gone to Rwanda with Kate Spade. I've done some cool things in my business, but all of that is going to go away when we all die. All of it's gonna just dissolve and disappear and not matter anymore. So I hope that now, if I meet someone in heaven, that they're not gonna be like, "Really? Like, thanks for the <laughs> stroller deal, but why didn't you tell me the truth?" So, that's where the Lord's had His hand in my business. I think that He has a greater purpose in all of this, and I just every day I just hope to propel myself in that that, that direction.
0: Well, you're doing a fantastic job, and I thought when I asked the final question, I was like, "That's kind of." cheap thing to do to you because you've been bearing testimony the whole time you know and you felt like you should do it when you had a new baby and then you felt like you needed to bear your testimony on Periscope and you totally did and even though you lost 2,000 followers you said you felt peace and I think that is the Lord saying it's okay you know you're gonna be fine I thought I loved you before but now I'm like oh my word you were the best
1: Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you for being so willing to come on here and just give us your heart. You're fantastic. We're just so happy that you're with us. So thank you so much, Corinne, for being with
1: us. Thank you. That was really fun. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the women with fire podcast, find us on Instagram at the women with fire, or find us in our Facebook group, simply search women with fire and join the group. We'll see you there.